It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Auburn Tigers get a huge win, and we're going dancing. This is happening in Auburn, Alabama. It's a, we're a football school, but we're also an everything school. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby. Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. Joining me as he does after every Auburn basketball game as part of the Henry Service Company postgame show, Daryl Daprich. And with this 79-70 to win over the Tennessee Volunteers, Daryl, the Auburn Tigers, they have punched their ticket to the big dance this month. They did. I tell you, you know, there's three games during the course of the last month that I really considered must wins that Auburn had to have the Missouri game, the Ole Miss game and this game. And and coincidentally, all those games were like tied to you can't lose this one and get in the NCAA tournament, you know, and Auburn won every one of those games. Um, What's so good about this game is it's a quad one. Let's state the obvious. It's a win, first of all, which Auburn needed to get to 20 wins yes. and 10, 10 in the conference. It's a quad one win, which is huge from a seeding and a net and Ken Palm and all that. Sure. But, but how they won the game, how they won the game to me mm. is the storyline. They closed. They closed. Mm. They were down four at halftime. After what is now a huge, huge three-point shot made by Wendell Green at the end of the half. And even Jimmy Dyke said, I've never seen a team lose when I've been doing games after hitting a big shot like that that seems to swing momentum. If Auburn goes in set down seven, Zach, at that point, I don't know how they respond because, quite frankly, they played a horrific last three minutes of that first half until that shot. It was slipping away. It was frustrating to watch. It was low basketball IQ. All the warts and deficiencies that Auburn had exhibited all year kind of reared its ugly head there the last three minutes. That shot flipped the script. It stemmed the tide. And then they came out in the second half and just hit first their first five shots. Even when they fell behind because Vescovy was hitting some big threes, they answered every Tennessee run with a run of their own, and right. then got a little bit of separation, right? They got up eight, and that was that was the key. And they won nine. Hallelujah. They got it cut to six a couple times, and they even extended the lead within the last 30 seconds. That was beautiful. And they had chances, Daryl, to kind of let this slip away because for some reason they kept fouling on defense, which I don't get, but we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on that. But th- they kept yeah. being sent to the line. And it was different guys that would capitalize on it. Alan Flanagan, Wendell Green. And we just haven't consistently seen that throughout this year. And they've been getting closer. Daryl, they've been getting closer and closer and closer to being able to do this. We saw them almost pull off something incredible on Wednesday. Of course, that's not how it ended. But the scene that we saw at the end of this game, where Allen was fouled on the floor but still absolutely yoked it, uh, that poor rim in Neville Arena. Good thing we're not using it again uh, this year, so they can probably repair that thing. But 
just the celebration, all the cameras that are zoomed in on Janai and, and Wendell and Bruce and panning around to the Auburn fans throughout Neville. And it's like, yes, they've been so close and they finally did it. This team has been working their tail off and just fallen short so many times. But today on senior night, in honor of Zepp and Lior and the seniors that have really kind of helped elevate this program to what it was because they were a big part of last year's team that won an SEC championship. We get to honor them with a win over the 12th best team in college basketball across the polls. It's a good day to be an Auburn Tiger. I've said it before. I said it when Auburn lost a game about big games. Your best players have to show up and make plays. Look, there's nothing bigger to me from a stat line standpoint than the big four Green, 24 points. Mm. Broom, 17. Jalen mm. Williams, 13. Flanagan, mm. 16. Let's you go. only had You only had seven bench points, but you don't need bench points when the four-headed monster, four of your starters, score 13 or more points in a game. And you're they average missing, 16. You're yeah. also missing your sixth or seventh guy, wherever you want to put Dylan in this. Which, I mean, which, yeah, I mean, give Trey Hoare a little bit of credit. He didn't get on the stat sheet from a scoring standpoint, but he did get a couple of rebounds. Sure. He gave minutes that were not negative minutes. You see what I'm saying? I mean, he just right. they just held, held serve when he was in. They let Broom get a blow because there wasn't officials that intentionally tried to file him out. What a, what a difference that freaking makes. So right. they, they, they let him kind of just they just kept things steady no no switch of momentum or you know plus minus didn't get affected one way or the other so give him some credit for coming in getting a couple rebounds and and just holding serve um i i don't know i mean i think that you know there's so many different things to look at from a standpoint of shooting 49 percent and your free throws my goodness what cost them against alabama in my opinion 15 of 20, 75% winning stat line. You shoot 75% from the free throw line, and as opposed to Tennessee, Tennessee, stop me if you've heard this before, shooting 63%, whoo, does that number sound familiar? That's what Auburn shot against Alabama. When you go on the road, you can't shoot 63% and get it done from the free throw line. Case in point, Auburn gets it done. They got out-rebounded only by two, which isn't yeah. bad when you look at that team. But look, I want to tell you something that's key to me. Six turnovers. Mm. That is fantastic. Six turnovers in the whole game. Tennessee only had nine. You know, they didn't turn it over. If they would have turned it over double digits, this is a double-digit score victory for Auburn. So kudos to Auburn for fixing two warts, two deficiencies coming out of the game last Wednesday night. Free throw shooting and turnovers, they got both of those right. And what a better time to do it. Yeah. Then when you get ready to go dancing, and then you get your cowboy boots on in Nashville, I uh, I wouldn't want to play us right now. I I mean I, I think you're starting to see Alan Flanagan play better. I think you're starting to see more out of Katie Johnson down the stretch, and we didn't see him score a whole lot, but I think the threat of him scoring is more. I think Wendell is becoming a little bit more consistent, and I think our defense is cleaning up a little bit. I think we've seen that over the last few weeks, and it's like all of a sudden. The Kentucky game, I think, is the outlier here. But over the last few weeks, it's like ah, they've just been so close, Daryl. And I think with this past week, they've turned the corner. So it looks like Auburn will be – I think they're going to be a seventh seed going into the tournament. I think there's a few things that can change that up, but I think a seventh seed appears to be the most likely situation, meaning that they will play Thursday. 
Yeah, if Ole Miss was to beat, they'd play Thursday, even if they were 60, they would just play later at night. If Ole Miss was to beat Missouri, I think Auburn could slide to the 60. But I want to say this, too. I think Auburn was 4-6 and six in their last 10, right? I mean, they didn't close down their last 10 uh, like we felt like they could have. They were 4-6 and six in their last 10. But ironically, in those these last 10 games, Auburn has gotten hot from the three-point line. Yeah. They've shot over 43% from the three-point line, which was a a really bad stat for Auburn before this 10-game stretch. So despite losing some games, their shooting's gotten hotter, which, again, you've got to have going into the NCAA and SEC tournament. You've got to be able to hit threes in those cavernous mm-hmm. arenas, and Auburn's starting to get that together too. So I agree um, that you know this is this is something to be excited about, and I wouldn't want to play them either. Uh, yeah, so we will see. We will see what happens. So if Auburn's a seven seed, they'll play 11? Isn't that, right? Isn't that how that works? Yes. No. So that's... How many, how many teams are there? There's 16 teams, right? 14. You, it only... It's 14. 14. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking after uh, expansion. Um, yeah, right. Yes, they think they play the 11 seed. 14, 13, 12. So that'd be Georgia. I like that. I feel good about that. Well, they would hit, play the winner of somebody, don't they? They get the winner. I'm not. I'm no, they not don't. Positive. Yeah, they get the winner. It's either Arkansas or Mississippi State or LSU, someone like that. They get a winner of somebody. They wouldn't play. I don't think they play Georgia. I think that people that are watching this YouTube uh, podcast right now in the live chat, if they could mm-hmm. help us out, uh, Christy says Florida. So we'd play Florida at 10. So we play 10, not 11. I don't like that as much. Just being honest with you. No, I don't. I don't want. I'd rather play Florida than Arkansas, and Mississippi State. To be honest with you, I like yeah, Florida I'd rather without. Play, I'd rather I, play Georgia than Florida. Oh yeah, I'd rather play Georgia too. I'd rather. Play, but Florida without Castle Clown is a nice matchup for us on a neutral yeah, floor. It's a different team. That's totally right. Mm-hmm. That's totally right. Um, what a great what a great moment though for uh, Zepp. You know, I, I love Zepp. Zepp's come on my show every week for the last uh, two years. And uh, talking with him yesterday, both some of it recording, some of it off camera, just talking about like how big this game is for this locker room. And like I think some fans um, think it's just you know they come out and they you know they're given a little you know display at the start of uh, at the start of the game, but it really means a lot. It really means a lot to these kids. And so um, Zeb's become an Auburn favorite, and you know Auburn's become his home after just being here for two years. And so uh, I thought that was really really cool to see. And Lior. Lior had a moment, too. I thought that was neat. I think that Zepp Jasper had a nice drive to the basket to score two, missed a couple threes. But don't underestimate Honey Badger's defense in the second half on Vescovy. He really – Vescovy was hot as a firecracker in the first half and, you know, still ended up with a nice game. But I think Zepp did a really good job on him defensively in the second half. And Vescovy was their stable pony as far as what was keeping them in the game – when he didn't couldn't score at the same pace in the second half as he did the first half, you saw separation for Auburn. So give Zepp Jasper all kind of credit for that. He's a leader. I, just watching his senior day video, you can tell what Auburn means to him, hearing him talk to you, what Auburn means to him. And we need more players like that. And I think going into the postseason, see, to me, you're playing with house money now. I mean, I, I understand that Auburn ended up started out 16-3, and three, and maybe a lot of fans thought they should have been a four-seed or a five-seed in the NCAA tournament. That's how it was trending. But the way these last 10 games have 
have have have have you know turned out you can take a deep breath exhale mm-hmm. and now you're just you're playing for the house money let's just see what could happen lucy and goosey in the postseason when you're playing teams that are probably more favored than you and have more pressure uh i'm there with you man i'm there with you i mean this was a great a great um win so do you think the offense that we've seen from Allen and then Wendell today, um, do you think that's sustainable going into tournament play? Wendell has been a little bit inconsistent. He can drop 23 on you, and then you look, and he's got six. So the yeah. sustainability is it, – it, I think it's been more inconsistent. I think Broom and Jalen Williams have the potential as bigs in the postseason to be consistent and get some double-digit games – an average double digits throughout the SEC and NCAA tournament. If if Flanagan at the three guard and Wendell Green can get into double digits, and I guess that's the question, is it sustainable? Sure it is. But I okay. want them to show me that it's sustainable because all you need is a three or four game stretch, right, to start to get it, to go, get it going. You don't need a long run of seven, eight games like we've seen or this last 10 game stretch where Wendell's probably been good for five and not good for five. Just give me three or four. Stack three or four together and then see what happens. Um, KD Johnson has played really good up till today. Uh, if, if he can get going again uh, like he has the last three games, yeah, it's all about guard play in postseason. I know it's cliche, but let's go back and look at that team in 2018 that had Heron, Harper, Bryce Brown, Davion Mitchell. I mean, come on. Yeah. That team was, was, was sick, and that's you need those kind of guards. All right, we got a uh, we got a tweet that I want to share from friend of the program Justin Ferguson at the Auburn Observer. He says against the best defense in college basketball, Auburn averaged an insane one point four eight five points per possession in the second half. Auburn scored on sixty nine point seven percent of their possessions and turned it over just twice. Total opposite of what we've seen down the stretch. That's closing. That's winning championship basketball when you've got to absolutely have it in a second half down four. And I'm and I'm gonna round up. I'm a round up kind of guy. I'm not doing decimal. 70. Let's 70. say 70. I'm old school, baby. I came from you know math in the 70s and 80s. It's 70 percent. 70 percent in the second half. They scored on 70 percent of the possessions and only turned it over twice. You will beat a lot of basketball teams doing that. And when you apps, here's the impressive part. You did it when you absolutely had to have it. It's easy doing that when you're already in the tournament and you're fighting for a two seed and you're playing Ole Miss at home and you're up 15. But when you're playing a number three seed in the NCAA tournament and you've got to have it and you're down four to come out at halftime to do that, that is huge, huge. So that's a lot to build on. I hope that stat makes its way into Bruce Pearl's clipboard in in the locker room and he shares that. Shares that, and, and you know, I think that's a really big. That Ferg tweeting that out to me is an outlier as to why they won the game. It's huge. It's certainly. I see huge. a lot of people concerned about going on the road. Going on the road, home Auburn's better than road Auburn. Let's let's pump the brakes and understand something. That's de- that's very deceiving to say it that way. It's not going on the road. It's going on a neutral site. There is a difference. Yeah, you're playing away from your own bed and you're playing away from your own arena, but there's a huge difference playing on a neutral site and playing on a road site where you're playing against home fans and officials and all that kind of stuff. Neutral courts 
is exactly 50-50 cuz the team you're playing is playing on a neutral court too there's no advantage so it's that's a big differentiator to say oh we got to go on the road no we don't we're going on neutral site courts yeah i'm trying to think so auburn played the neutral sites when they went to cancun and they, they lost that. to memphis i think is the only game they lost on a neutral it, court in atlanta yeah yeah yep so Four and one, five and one. I mean, Northwestern, a, ton. a big win. A ton of them, Where was Northwestern? What floor was that? Was that Cancun? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, that was like so the championship of that thing. They beat Bradley, who's the M. Who they beat Colgate, who is the Ivy League champion. They beat Bradley, who's the Missouri Valley Conference League champion. Right. I mean, they they won a couple of those. They beat Northwestern, who's in the tournament. They they beat was St. Louis at home. I'm trying to remember. Somebody was, but they. I think they were four and one. I think St. Louis wasn't home. Yeah, they're. I think they're four and one on a neutral floor. That sounds right. That sounds so, right. I mean, I'll take that. I mean, that's that's a lot better than what their road win percentage is. Right? They were four and eight on a true in true road games. Okay, so there is a forty-eight percent chance that we play Florida right now. According, that's that's what I'm being told. Okay. Uh, so there's a chance we could play Florida, Arkansas, or Missouri. Arkansas is about to lose to Kentucky, so it may be Arkansas. So that's what Lance is telling me at Auburn Daily, who's been tracking all this stuff. Fun story. Lance wrote the percentage chance of everything that could happen for the remainder of the season, <laughs> and it made it to Bruce Pearl's office. And then Bruce talked about it in the press conference. He didn't give Lance a shout out, but that's what he was talking about. So I thought that was that's funny. that's great. And I also love this comment that we're seeing in the chat. I have to call it out by War Eagle, Wyoming, that says we are undefeated in ballrooms, and we are. When we played <laughs> in that Cancun ballroom or whatever we played, or maybe it was Maui, but I remember us doing the live chat and saying, "Are they going to rush us out of there and have a prom or a homecoming dance? I don't know I what they were going to have." Yeah, and I mean, you know, low hanging chandeliers were having to shoot around. So yeah, maybe we can get maybe we can get sent to a region that has a ballroom, and we are cooking with gas, right? Yeah, I, I think so. Hey, uh, speaking of gas, can you imagine having a problem with anything gas related? Can you imagine yeah. that? Mm. I, well, who are you calling first thing if you got a problem with that? Well, I'm calling Henry Service Company because you yeah. don't want to screw around with leaky. You know, gas gas leaks, that kind of thing. No. That could be dangerous, deadly, deadly. No. Yeah, It'd be bad. It'd be I bad. mean, it's one thing to have so, them come out and check your air, check your heat. I get that. Totally. That's comfort. Right. But gas leaks, uh, uh, outlets, electrical grounds and problems right. that could cause fires. Don't screw mm-hmm. around with that stuff, mm-hmm. folks. So what you're saying, Daryl, and I agree, is uh, if you want to save all the people that you love in your life's lives, you want to keep them alive, you need to call Henry Service Company. Absolutely, I do. If you're in the Montgomery Tri-County area, be sure to call them, 334-288-2700. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. And Henry's has agreed to keep this show going throughout the postseason. 
So we'll be live after every Auburn game next week. Hopefully there's several. And we will also be live um, reacting to Auburn seating on Selection Sunday. And then, of course, the NCAA tournament. All that courtesy of our friend, thank the you. Henry Service Company. Yeah, Thank, thank you, you so Henry much. Service Company. I know everyone in the chat is... Is very Lovely. appreciative of that, especially mm-hmm. being able to do a little selection Sunday show. How fun. fun is that going to be? Uh, it should to... be really fun. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it would have been a little weird maybe if we hadn't won today. Today is definitely going to make that a lot more fun. So we will see. We will see. Okay. Um, War Eagle, Wyoming brings up a good point. If you haven't called Henry's, um, do you even love your family? I think it's a good yeah. question. Okay, that, that's a good. Uh, that's a question. Yeah, to have. <laughs> philosophical really, there's a lot yeah. of a uh, lot of there my mom says henry's rocks so there we go there we go um as far as i guess maintaining all of this because you don't play for a minute now this is kind of the nature of this you play on a saturday you used to play on a tuesday or wednesday and now you're not playing until thursday curious to see how all of this kind of is handled from a preparation standpoint over the next few days it's an efficient way to do it. I know that's the way the Pac-12 has done it for years, Saturday, Thursday. The problem is the turnaround, which doesn't matter in an SEC tournament because if you win Thursday, you're playing Friday, then you're playing Saturday. You know, you're just going back-to-back mm-hmm. back anyway. In the regular season, it's great to have that five-day break, but that quick turnaround where you have one night to recover, you know, especially if you're on the road, um, I think – I th- maybe just maybe it's big for Auburn too because it gives Dylan Cardwell an extra day with that ankle. I don't know. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know what his prognosis is, but if it, it does give him an extra day to get some therapy mm. and to get treatment on that ankle. Yeah, no, that's. Um, I think that's a great point. Plus, I'm out of town next week and I come back Thursday, so I'm very excited that I'm still able to jump on oh, after nice. game one of the tournament. Well, I, I would have done it from out of town. I'm committed, brother. Uh, committed. Yeah. No, the only concern yeah. I've got is, you know, when is my second child going to arrive? That's going to be interesting, but we'll figure that out. Somebody yeah. asked what time selection Sunday is. It is next Sunday, so it is a week from tomorrow, and it starts at 6 o'clock Central Time. The men's show does. So so we would come on around 8? Is it, It's not two hours, is it? They st- they extend the heck out of it, dude. They really stretch we'll it out. probably just go whenever Auburn's name is ready. Yeah, that's we'll probably true. just be we, sitting on ready. Um, I, do th- okay. I know they... St- because last year, Auburn was like literally, like, we were like the bottom right, weren't we? Like we were like the mm-hmm. last people that they brought up. So, yes. Um, there we go. There we go. Um, Christy saying Dylan looked pretty healthy. When did we see Dylan? Just like on the, Christy, you just mean like on the sideline? Maybe that's he was, he was kind of moving around. He was looking fly too. Did you see him? Yeah, he did look fly. Think about this. He gets treatment tonight. He'll get treatment tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday morning. Treatment to the ankles like that is really crucial to getting him back healthy. Now, what I don't know is, is it a high ankle sprain? Is it a low ankle sprain? That makes all the difference in the world. So if he's celebrating, like Christy says, jumping up and down, celebrating, I think he'll be fine. And maybe Bruce Pearl held him out from a precautionary standpoint, even though it was a must-have game. Um, So we'll see. I, I, I don't know what the prognosis or the diagnosis is, I haven't heard high ankle, mid ankle, low ankle, anything like that. And that's going to be key as, as the next couple of days, that information coming out on his readiness to play. Yeah. So Auburn daily photographer, um, Eric Starling took this picture of Dylan. How fly is that? That looks, I mean, that's cool. That's a cool dude right there. I mean, he's probably pretty warm. 
That looks like I'd be sweating like crazy in that. Yeah, it's the kids nowadays, dude. I don't get it. You're one of them. You wear hoodies and it's 84 I degrees do wear outside. I, I, don't, I wouldn't I go just, that far. I wouldn't go that far. Dude, you but. wore hoodies to you wore a hoodie to the Auburn baseball game last Sunday. And but it was, it was a very thin warm. hoodie, Daryl. There's different types of hoodies. It, that that was just me. a baggy, long sleeve shirt. Is really all that was. You're gonna tell me, okay, boomer, right? No, I would never. Because I'm I not a boomer. You. I'm I love Gen X. Much. I'm Gen X, baby. No um, boomer for me. Cam says, can we applaud the refs for calling fouls for Broom today? Uh, not only that, I think there was a couple blocks that he had <clears throat> that I think were borderline that could have gone the way of them calling him for a foul. Lower body contact, but no upper body contact. And that's the thing to watch as your official. That is an official that tells me you're doing your job. As long as it's not above the waist contact when you're going for a block, they let it go because it doesn't affect the shot. Yeah. He got all ball. They may have got a little bit of lower body contact. They let it go, and that was big. That's how you should officiate a game. Yep, there's no question about it. Um, Warrior Wyoming wants to see Dap and Dylan's drip. Wes says, I, Zach and Daryl, y'all can party now. Somebody oh, else yeah. earlier in the thing says, like, finally a show where everybody's happy. It's been a, yeah. been a minute. If I would have had time to turn one up, you know, like like uh, Lindsey does after the post-baseball game, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> I, I would if I just didn't have time. When we go live like this, we got to jump on quick. But yeah, I uh I'm a, I'm going tonight to to watch a good friend play uh at a local establishment and, and I'm gonna let my hair down a little bit and have a good time and enjoy good good the you. evening. Yes. Because there's a Jaylen, lot of hair to let down. Jalen Williams was plus sixteen today, so was that. That's Jasper. huge. To say that that's where Zep only scoring two is so misleading. Because if you're a plus 16, that means you're shutting some people down on the defensive end. And you don't have to score to still be plus, you know, to be positive. You're getting someone else to score while you're on the floor. Mm -hmm. So I like it. I think he was key tonight. And uh, I think he's a glue guy, right? And I think when you play somebody that's got a really good guard, it's a no-brainer to say, Zep, go shut him down. Uh, Somebody asking what Chandler Leopard's plus minus was. He was plus one. His plus one. There you go. Had a boy, Chandler. Uh, yep. Yep. Glad he got in. Let's see. Bama lost. That's fun, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that game could have been a lot bigger, right? If Auburn had taken care of business Wednesday night, that game then I guess is for a, uh, the one seed. Would it not have been? Um, so that could have been a lot bigger. Mm-hmm. Alabama went in there. Look, you know, this is a locked on Auburn show. I've said this before, but as we go into the SEC tournament, it's pertinent and relevant to talk about every team in the conference because you're you may you may see them in the NCAA tournament. We may see Texas A&M if we were to get by Florida. I would love that to play them a third time. I, I would if too. you're playing if you're playing Alabama, you're probably more than likely playing them in in a semifinal scenario. So you'd love to get to that point. I think Alabama has in the last four games, even though they're three and one, we've seen some things as far as margin of victory and that kind of thing that. I think they've been affected. I think there's a distraction there. Credit to them for mm-hmm. winning the conference. Um, I'll say this, too. I think A&M at, some, at one point today was up 15, and Alabama came back to take the lead, and I kind of felt better about Auburn at that point. Isn't that weird? It's I felt the last better few about, games for them. Yeah, I, I felt South better. South Carolina did the same thing, too. Yes. I, so I wasn't as – I mean, that hurts to lose a 17-point game, a lead. But to mm-hmm. come back and win like this today – that that's that helps that that makes some of the sting go away yeah all right james says if the big three 
scoring double digits moving forward. We will be hard to beat, especially if we close out games. Thoughts? No oh, yeah. doubt about it. No doubt about it. And so I guess the big three in this situation is Wendell, Jalen, and Janai. But I also think you can make the argument that Allen scoring double digits is more important than any of those other guys scoring double digits. Because, like, Janai and Wendell are going to. You know what I mean? I think you've got to have a combination of something here. If you can get the three that uh, James just talked about getting in double digits, then you will win a lot of basketball games only if either Allen or KD also give you double digits. It mm. doesn't have to be both, just either or. Throughout, Just switch, right? Because, I mean, I would love to see Zepp give you double digits. It's just not happening. I would love to see Berman come off the bench and give you double digits. But I think sure. that their ceiling is six to eight. KD or Allen, if they can offset or actually complement the big three getting in double digits by getting in double digits themselves, we'll win a lot of basketball games. Uh, yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. John says, defense travels. We will go further in both tourneys than most people think. John is booging, and I'm here for it. I think that's a very underrated, excellent point that two things help you in postseason play. Guard play, which Auburn's going to have to get better get better guard play, but defense does travel in the NCAA tournament and in postseason tournaments. And if Auburn can lock down some teams and just keep it close, you got a chance. So that's a very underrated comment by John and one that I, I agree with. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people in the chat talking about getting hot at the right time. Do you think this win today is enough to justify that statement of, okay, Auburn's getting hot at the right time? Not yet. I think if Auburn yeah. would have beat Alabama, I would have said they've stacked some wins and they are getting hot at the right time by beating two of the top three teams in the in the, in the the conference, including the number yeah. one seed. That's right. I think Auburn has to stack a win or two in the SEC tournament. If they do that, if they were to beat Florida and beat Texas A&M and win three in a row, even if they get beat in the semifinals, then I like the mindset and the uh, upward trend that they would be having going into the NCAA tournament. Daryl, I'm sharing this comment from Bob because he agrees, says we need more Flanagan to con uh, to contribute um, just because Bob disagrees with us a lot. And so, Bob, I'm glad we could both agree on Flanagan there. I think that's great. Yeah, that's, that's good. Um, I think that's great. Yeah, Bob also says hot at the right time, one in a row. No, that's why I said you got to stack some. I mean, you can't go into the SEC tournament and lose – your first game and think you feel good about going into the NCAA tournament. Now it's happened. I mean, it, it, it's happened in, look, 2002. This team reminds me so much of the 2002 or 2003. And somebody that's out there in the chat, please verify this for me. Auburn had Marquise Daniels. And they won like 18 or 19 regular season games with Cliff Ellis. And everybody, including Dick Vitale, was screaming that Auburn did not belong in the NCAA tournament. Kind of like Seth Greenberg, who's a big joke, said this morning on College Game Day. So Auburn gets in the tournament, and all mm -hmm. they do is beat St. Joseph's in the first round and then beat Syracuse in the second round and get to the Sweet 16. And they were not playing good basketball down the stretch. They were playing very similar to what happened this year. So whoever's got access to that, Tell me who this is. Who, tell me what team that was. I think it's 2003. This team reminds me of that. And credit to Jay Billis on the set who said, no, Auburn's done enough. Even if they lose to Tennessee today, all the metrics say they're in. And Seth Greenberg and LaFonso Ellis said, no, 
even if they win, I, you know, they, they can't close. I mean, Seth Greenberg's just kind of become annoying to me, but anyway, yeah. um, I think that let's be honest, this win solidifies Auburn in the NCAA tournament, lets us breathe easy. And I'm excited about it. It's a great night, but I still think at the end of the day, and we wouldn't want to be put in that position because it's really nerve wracking that Auburn would have had its name called Sunday if they just would have won one game in the SEC tournament. Mm-hmm. Bob saying, don't be a hater. Bob, I'm not. I love you. I love you so much. You're incredible. You're here all the time. So I really, really appreciate it. Um, I had another one. I had another one. Justin says, I don't think Dap has said anything I've ever disagreed with. That's probably true. Can you print that out uh, for me, Zach? I'm going to hand yeah. that to my wife. Yeah, we can work on that. We can work yeah. on that. Um, Clay says, this team reminds me of 2021. What are your thoughts on that? 2021 that didn't get to the tournament and had a barely winning record because of self even they were self-imposed so they didn't go to the sec tournament or the ncaa tournament but i don't think they would have got in anyway even if they weren't self-imposed so no i mean no, I'm and to, that was a weird like sharif Cooper. yeah i love too. clay but they won 17 games i mean they wouldn't they weren't i think this team's he said we were five better. shots away from finishing third in the sec yet finished one game under 500 we did lose a lot of close games that year yeah, and then we didn't have Sharif and Powell. I, I, I've gone back to say that that team would have looked completely different if Sharif Cooper had played all year and if Justin Powell wouldn't have gotten hurt and got to play all year. I think that team would have gotten better in the second half of the season as they matured. And I think there were some games early in the season with Sharif, Zach, that they win. So they probably would have got to 20 wins. So, yeah. But, again, let's preface it by saying this team reminds me of the 2021 team if Powell and Cooper play all year. Without those two, this team's double digits better. Jalen played the five that year, too. That's just so weird to think about. I agree with Donnie's comment. Donnie Addison, you want to put his up there. The 2020 team was nasty. Oh. Wish they could have played. They were peaking. Now, that was a team peaking at the right time. They went on the road the last game of the year and absolutely Mr. Miyagi'd. Tennessee and that mm. I, I went back and watched um, for those that are in the locked on Auburn discord uh, someone posted a really nice link to some YouTube highlights from the LSU game that year that Auburn won in overtime with a Javon McCormick runner in the lane uh, to win it at the buzzer Auburn was down eight with 53 seconds in that game but could absolutely stroke threes Dowdy and Purifoy and McCormick that was such yeah. a fun team to watch I think that team, who was a two seed in the SEC tournament, would have done a lot of damage in the postseason had, you know, we we not got shut down with COVID. Yeah, that would have been a fun, fun team. They're, yeah, they're peaking at the right time. Ashton says, "I have Daryl quotes sharpied all over my wall." Let us know some of your favorite, Ashton. That'd be great. Yeah, let's know some of our favorites. That'd be great. If you come up with a really good one, we may have a locked on Auburn hat for somebody, right? Maybe. We can uh, do that. I think so. We've got some. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. SEC Cartoon Network says, "What's the NCAA seed at this point, Daryl?" So, like uh, across the board, you're seeing a lot of nines, a lot of tens, and then some elevens, and some of the more prominent bracketologists like Lunardi. We're saying 11 and had, before the game, before the game, before the game. Yeah, right. Right. And so you probably got to think nine or 10 right mm-hmm. now. And look, I think some people are going to say, well, it depends what you do in the SEC tournament. But Daryl, like even when Auburn's had runs in the tournament or like lost too early in the tournament, their seed never really they seems never to change. Changes. So I don't know it's if I buy that. Yeah, it almost seems like they don't yeah. look at it. 
Amen. That is a great point, Zach. They don't. There, there's been some some um, Auburn teams. The Auburn team that won the SEC tournament the never moved. Uh, they never m- moved the seed line from what they were going into the tournament. So yeah. um, I think this. I think that the SEC tournament, the the, the postseason tournaments, to me, never affect seeding but they affect bubble teams whether they get into the tournament or not. I think that's the only time it makes an impact. I think Auburn right now's floor is a 10, ceiling is a 9. I think as we sit right now, they're a 10. Mm. I think even though we just said not winning anything in the SEC tournament could get you to a 9, I do believe if they were to win a couple games in the SEC tournament and some other teams lost around them, that were in the same net as them, that maybe they could maybe they can move up to a nine. But here's something you need to understand, and I heard this this week that maybe people don't know. The head of the NCAA selection committee went on record as saying they will start matching teams up Tuesday. They're going to get in a room in Indianapolis and start drawing up seating and seating lines and potential matchups Tuesday. So that tells me that's even before conference tournaments start. Yeah. It's very difficult to move your seed line unless you go deep, deep into an NC. So I'm my prediction right now is that Auburn will end up being a 10 seed. Uh, okay. Yeah, and I'm cool with that. I hope I'm wrong. I hope we're a 9. You just don't want to be an 11 because then you, you're you a play-in. No, 12 is a play-in. Hmm. 11, 11 is last four buys. Some 11s, our last okay. four buys. Yeah, because we were 11 at the start of today, and we were a last four buy, meaning we didn't have to play a play-in. I don't want to be an eight or nine necessarily because don't you have to play number one? <laughs> you, you play the one seed in that yeah. region. Yeah, if you're a 10, you don't. Yeah, if you're a 10, you don't. So it may be more beneficial to be a 10. Um, Somebody said, who is this? John, I think this was a pretty – Pretty nice thing. John says it is now officially a successful basketball season. 20 wins with the opportunity for postseason play. And I think that should have been, John, I agree with you. And I I think that should have been a bigger topic this past week, even like bouncing off of Bama, that Bama loss, where it's like you still have an opportunity on a down year for Auburn basketball to win 20 games. Like that's just... I mean, you just talk about changing like w- the the floor of your program. Amen. And and like not every year preach, is gonna preach. be is gonna be a team where we're like okay, you, you can win the conference this year. But the fact that you're w- when you're bottoming out and the sky is falling, you still win twenty games. I mean, that's just that that's pretty solid stuff, guys. Like I hope we realize like what we're in the middle of right now. That's a big deal. So, John, thank you for saying that. I think it's really really good perspective. And I want to thank you for saying that because you really just kind of, uh, you know, read my mind on that. I was going to make that point that Dude, for we are, all we are the, so on the same page, we are, we're, we're sympathetical, whatever that word is for all I the hand wringing for all the hand wringing. And I was one of them. I get it for all the hand wringing about how frustrating this year is and how down we felt after these podcasts. Um, at the end of the day, you're upset because your basketball team won 20 games 10 in the conference, and is going to go to the NCAA tournament. Mm. Let's put that in perspective. Mm. Okay, here's a stat for you. You ready? I've been waiting for five days to say this. Ooh, Mind's okay. blown. Let's go. Mind's blown. Five out of the last six years, Bruce Pearl's basketball teams have won 20 games and have had a winning conference record. 
Do you know how many times it's happened before then in Auburn's history? No clue. This is five. This is the perspective that I wow. want us to gather. Five out of the last six years, Bruce Pearl has had this basketball team at 20 wins and a winning conference record. It's only happened five total times in the history of Auburn basketball. And we're complaining and moaning about it. That That's some perspective. And on top of that, we're going to look back and we're going to say when this season's over, when we look at the roster construction and the roster reconstruction that's about to happen, we're going to look back and say this might be Bruce Pearl's best coaching job that he's done at Auburn. A few people were bringing that up, and I think you can totally make the case. I think you can totally make the case that this was his best coaching year at Auburn. Because of what I just said. I mean, this mm-hmm. roster, did you – I mean, I get it. I mean, on paper, when we went to Israel, we looked like we were going to have a great year. Right. But as the deficiencies started rearing their ugly heads, he won 20 games, had a winning conference record, yes. and is going dancing. There's a lot of programs in the SEC – that would give their left pinky for that right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe even the right pinky. Maybe even their left. Never mind. Yep. Let's go. Don't do it. That's why I, I almost panicked. I almost panicked. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Maybe panic twice say, there. I was going to say left earlobe, like Van Gogh, brother. Come totally. on, let's go. Totally. But Bruce is I just an think, artist, so that makes sense. And we also need to understand that if people took a snapshot of this last five years of what mm-hmm. Auburn's overall winning percentage is and how many games they've averaged, it's the best five years in the history of the state of Alabama's basketball teams. Wow. Yahtzee. Let's go. So, you know, let's let's, go. let's let's just relax and understand that we are living – and I get it. Alabama has raised the bar. They're over there on the other side of the state. They're very good. Having a really great basketball team and a really good basketball – but – Sometimes we get lost in the fact that what Auburn's done in the last five years and the Mm -hmm. sustainability and the consistency of it. Let's enjoy it. Let's revel in it, and let's just see what could happen in the postseason. And and what what they're doing now is is exactly what we did a year ago. Um, And kind of the way that they're ending the season, the regular season is similar to what we did last year with no controversy. So we'll uh, we'll see. We will see. Thank y'all. Jay will or Flan will come back is what U.S. out says. I would be shocked if Flanagan was on the team next year. Um, I think Jalen will be back. I agree. I, I think okay. the, um, the the points that you make on both of those are exactly where I would have went. Just another example of us being on the same page. I Gosh, think Jalen will you, be man. back. Right. Man, I, yeah, I think Jalen's back, and it's going to be a big, big piece next year with Broom down low. And I think Allen moves on, and I think Auburn's roster next year from the portal is going to be something that everybody needs to keep close eye on in April. It's going to be a fun, fun April when it comes to roster additions. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of guys that leave. I think a lot of guys are going to leave. Um, I think Flanagan will leave. I think Simo will probably leave. I think what what happens with Trey Donaldson is going to be really, really interesting just because of the point guard jam situation. I think there's a chance that KD could leave. So keep um, an eye on keep an eye on this too. Mm-hmm. L- little nugget for the people that have been with us all year, and we're so appreciative of them in the chat. You know, I'm a Pac-12 guy, so I got my ear to the ground. A lot of those writers out west and Pac-12 guys, and I've got a really good friend that's a Pac-12 beat writer. 
This Wesley Yates thing's not over. This kid that's a five-star shooting guard that Auburn almost had, and he committed to Washington in November. There may be a possibility that a door is creaked open slightly on this because his coach is about to get fired out at Washington. If he gets fired, now he may be able to hold on to his job, but if he gets fires, if gets fired, then it's something that you know is 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 key that maybe we get Yates and Yates is a 2023 kid. Nice little pair to have with Aiden Holloway. One plays the one, one plays the two. Yeah, that'd be nice. And actually have Don't. people actually have people in their position at the right guard spots, which is which would be nice. Be very nice. Don't ha- don't don't have people begging to say something about my headphones if it's not genuine. That's just being thirsty. I want it to be genuine and real. And like some. Yeah, and okay. saying you, that they're awesome. You, you, you prompted it, right? I oh, want it to be pure something. and genuine. Here's Thank something. You. Yeah, they're, Ashton, Ashton they're new. actually asking if they're new headphones or not. Yeah, they're sweet. They're new. They sound real good. They're studio quality. They're bigger over my ears. Well, we're getting a lot of people. Bob yeah. likes them. Where Wyoming likes them. A lot of people yeah. like your headphones, man. Yeah, I feel like I'm going to sing in USA for Africa, We Are the World. Only three people in this whole chat will know what I'm talking about. But Tammy but that's for you. knows. Tammy knows, but that's for you, Tammy. We Are the World. Um, Auburn Blanco says Dap's ready to drop a mixtape. I am. I, I was says scratching. The shiniest, coolest beauties ever. Yeah, um, I'm scratching over here. Little LL Cool J. Wicka, wicka, wicka. If those headphones broke, who would you call? Henry Service Company. That's right. Good. He Good. could he could fix them for me. All right, let's let's wrap up with this. We're going a little longer I get today. It. Cause, cause I get it. Wrap wrap up. I get it. That was a good play on words. Didn't mean to do it. All Accidental right. pun. The um. All right. How many games does Auburn win in the SEC tournament? Two. Really. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Yeah, I think two. I think the I th- matchups. I, I, I think we go one and one. It depends on the matchups. I shouldn't have jumped Christy, the gun. If the, Christy, you've yeah. been right every time. Tell us how many we win next week. Yeah, I think that I, I, I think that if the matchups present themselves like the way that they they can, I could see Auburn winning two. Christy Christy's says three. three. She's Christy's been right every. Yeah. Christy's been right every single step of the way. Christy's so. got into the wine a little early on the Saturday night, I think, but that's okay. We're not okay. judging. This is a, a judge-free right. zone. Judge-free zone right now. Yep. Uh, Christy says three. Christopher says one. Uh, Bob says one. Wes says two. Spencer says one. Auburn Spencer's Blanco says me. all of them. Ashton with a bold one through three for sure. Thanks for that. Really appreciate it. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. We will see. And I think regardless of what we do next week, it doesn't impact the seating. I think we're either a 9 or a 10. I, mean, I agree with you 100%. On I that. agree. Yeah. Because um, they started. Too, that'd be great. Because like I said, they started Tuesday. I mean, that's something to really keep a key look on. I mean, they, they, they want most of their work done already before selection Sunday, and it used to not be that way. Yeah. That's right. Well, like the the brackets made before a lot of the SEC champ or the like the a lot of the tournament championships on Sundays are done. So yeah, yeah. I hate that too. But um, and I, and here's the other thing: yeah. you just make a good point. Don't play games on Sunday. Do not have to. That is so stupid. It's just to not me that needed. they. It's, it's not, not needed. needed. Get everything wrapped up Saturday. You know what it's like. It's like. Um, if you were to go ahead and get ready for the college football committee to get to its its four selections, 
and they have to wait because there's championship games on Sunday. Can you imagine how stupid that would be? Stupid. And that's what it is. Get them wrapped up by 10 o'clock Saturday night. Even the West Coast cupcakes can have them wrapped up by then. The viewership you, would have to be better on Saturday night. It would have you to could, be. And you could do a better job on Sunday of letting these conference tournaments mean something because you wouldn't have to do all this pre-work and all that. Just get in a room Saturday night at midnight, work for a few hours, come back Sunday mornings, little biscuits and coffee, work all day till three or four, and then go. This Sunday conference tournament crap started a day earlier. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Start it Tuesday. SEC teams are used to sometimes playing Saturdays to Tuesday. Start it Tuesday. Have it done by Saturday, and then you yeah, can the, get and the teams playing Tuesday night anyway. Like they don't care about you. Heck like no, you're, you're not going to win a, anything. You're playing. A, you're the bottom of the barrel in your game if you're playing Tuesday night in conference tournament. So they, they need to do that. I mean, you know, no one asked me, but I just think it's ridiculous. I think the conference tournaments, from a seed line standpoint, could have more impact. Right. Right. Uh, guys, if you're watching, there's like 300 of y'all in here right now. If y'all could click subscribe, it would mean a ton. We are so close to 10,000, and I bet I think we're like 60 or 70 away, and I'm sure 60 of you guys are not subscribed. So if y'all could please click subscribe, I would really, really appreciate it. Daryl, once again, as we wrap up this regular season, we have to thank yes. our friends at Henry Service Company. Seriously, I, I, I know I know we have a lot of fun with their reads and stuff, but if it's electrical, plumbing, HVAC, Something's wrong with your home or where you do business. Odds are they can tackle it head on. So give them a call. 334-288-2700. Alabama license number 00021. Daryl, how can folks give you some love? You can follow me on Twitter if you want to interact. I'll be glad to do it. DAP6410. Monday morning, 710. Should be a fun conversation with our friend Ben Taylor on Auburn Opelika this morning, WANI. And then later on that afternoon, about 1.30, on the Max Roundtable with Doug Amos. Absolutely. And you can follow me on Twitter at ZBlackBellMartinWork at AuburnDaily.com. Click that subscribe button. This has been Locked on Auburn. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.